Our gospel for today is the Beatitudes. And I've always been very moved by the Beatitudes, and I find them to be very, very, very thorough, especially whenever it comes to everything that it comes to following Christ. What really enables us to be Christians, and what enables us to live in Jesus' footsteps. What I find difficult about the Beatitudes, though, is I can never seem to remember them. There's eight of them, and they're just like, there's, you know, I got the Ten Commandments down, but the Beatitudes I haven't had much luck with. And yet, the Beatitudes are kind of the key to becoming saints, really. They're kind of the key to, real, to, to, to diving into the Christian life. They're the key to really engaging in Catholicism. And yet, I would argue that if we're really going to be and follow the Beatitudes... If we're really going to be saintly and join the choir of saints, the group of saints that we celebrate today, I think there's three components that we need to do that. Three is a lot easier to remember than nine, so that's why I'm going to give it to you. The first component to becoming a saint is to distrust yourself. To completely not have any type of loyalty to yourself. And you're probably asking, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, I'll give you an example. St. Thomas Aquinas. You know, y'all, y'all probably all heard of St. Thomas Aquinas. He's a 12th, excuse, yeah, 13th century theologian, one of the great Dominicans of the church, known for writing the Summa Theologica, that great book that we've all heard of and none of us have ever read. I mean, <laughs> something really we really value. And the thing about St. Thomas, though, that I love is his vocation story. St. Thomas was born in a royal family. He had it made. He was, he was destined to become this great knight, go out and whoop some derriere and take some names, and really just be a, be a man. And what he decided to do was, you know what, I'm not going to go and be a knight. I'm going to be a Dominican. Now, Dominicans nowadays are pretty cool. They have a pretty good reputation. But back then, they weren't so cool. They were kind of like the, the beggars of the world. You could go and become a monk, and you'd be a pretty rich monk. You could wear some nice clothes, and you can really, really do pretty well for yourself. Dominicans, not so much. And so his family, being a royal family and really concerned about their image, decided to do what was best for Thomas, to kind of convince him not to be a Dominican. They locked him in a tower. And so once they locked him in a tower, he decided to, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity to pray. And so he prayed, and he wrote, grew closer to God, and his mother hated it. Couldn't stand the fact that her son was getting along and doing just fine in this tower. And the fact that, she, that this could not change her mind. So she came up with a plan. And I do not in any way endorse this plan. Alright, y'all probably, you're laughing, know exactly what I'm talking about, alright? She took a lady of the night, you know what I mean, and sent her into the tower. Ready to go. That's not a good mother, by the way. And so what St. Thomas did was saw this lady of the evening walk up the stairwell. And you know what St. Thomas did? He did what every good man should do whenever he sees a woman like that in his room. He grabbed a fire poker and chased her right out of that tower. Ran her right off. It was brilliant. That's distrusting yourself. He recognized, look, this woman's very beautiful. I can't have a conversation with her. I can't talk to her. I can't convert her because I'm going to lose. I cannot control myself. I will not be able to withhold my own being. So what am I going to do? I'm not even going to talk to this person. I'm just going to threaten to hit her. 
don't actually like go hit anybody, but I'm just saying it's a great image. He did not entertain the temptation of sin. He fought back immediately. This is the same thing with St. Benedict. St. Benedict had this, this, this lustful thought in his head, and he knew that he could not bear to have this thought in his head. He'd fall. So what does he do? Something that, once again, I may not, not encourage, but if you want to do it, hey, a saint did it. He threw himself into a big old pile of rose bushes and just kind of squirmed around in the thorns. Poor guy. And, kind of, and so in, in doing so, he kind of got rid of the thought. My point being is these saints, especially in this, this, this area of lust, did not trust themselves. I think it's a great lesson for all of us. I think we all have different temptations of sins, whether it's to sweets, whether it's to alcohol, whether it's to explicit images on the internet. And we need to be able to recognize that we cannot trust ourselves in these areas. We may not be able to have sweets in our house. We may not be able to have alcohol in our house. We may not be able to even have a phone with internet or even be allowed to have a, take our phones into our bedrooms or whatever it might be. There has to be a distrust in ourselves. A recognition that deep down within ourselves, we have the power to be absolute monsters. We have the power to be absolutely awful human beings. Which is something that I think we often struggle to realize. We often say, oh yeah, this is a bad person, this is a bad person, I don't trust in them. What about ourselves? We need to stop judging everybody else and start judging ourselves and realizing that on our own, we, are, we cannot handle the near, the near occasion of sin. It just isn't going to work. And so, that's the first way to really embrace sanctity. Do not trust yourself. But the next thing to do to kind of get in a deeper, deeper into, into, the, into sanctity is to be indifferent to all things. This is our second way of, of, of holiness. To be indifferent to all created things. St. Ignatius pointed out whenever he was forming his first group of Jesuits, he said the principle and foundation of the spiritual life. It's to recognize that every single one of us, the whole purpose of our being was to live, praise, and to serve the Lord. And to do everything for Him. To live only by His grace and only for Him. And in order to do that, you and I have to make ourselves indifferent to created things. And only care about them insofar as they can bring us closer to the Lord. To the point whenever He said, be indifferent... To being poor, to making, not really caring whether you're poorer or richer. Not really caring whether you have a long life or a short life. Not really caring if you have honor or dishonor. Not really caring if you have health or sickness. Having a completely apathetic attitude toward worldly things. It's a complete reversal. Very often we have apathetic attitudes toward spiritual things. And that's not a bad thing to have an apathetic attitude, but it just needs to be oriented toward the worldly thing. And the greatest example of this is Maximilian Kolbe. St. Maximilian Kolbe, we, we all know, is a priest in a concentration camp in World War II. And he gave his life so that a father with children, with, with several sons, could be saved and not be thrown into a gas chamber. He said, you know, as, as this father was being pulled aside... The Nazis were, 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 were bringing him to the gas chamber and Maximilian Kobe said, don't take him, take me. And they asked why. And he says, because I'm a priest. And they immediately took him because that priests were very valuable. Very, very valuable. But Maximilian Kobe, had he valued himself, had he saw himself and, and been so self-concerned, had he, not, had he not had that spirit of indifference, he would never be called a saint today. 
But the beauty of Maximilian Kolbe was that he was indifferent. He didn't care whether he had a long life or a short life, whether he was healthy or sick, whether he was rich or poor. He knew that this act would lead him closer to God. And he said, let me tell you guys, whenever he got into that, that starvation chamber, he sang and he sang and he sang. He sang the Salve. He sang all kind of hymns to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And eventually he lasted three weeks in the starvation chamber, no food, no water. And they had to end up taking his life. And in, in taking his life, what they did, what he said was, Vive o Cristo Rey, may Christ live forever. My point being is Maximilian Kolbe was, the, was such a beautiful example of how you and I can be completely apathetic to created things and only care about the Lord. But our third way, our third way to really embrace the Lord, our third way to really be saints and to truly be men of the Beatitudes, men of, of these, these nine these nine encouragements of Christ is to totally trust in the grace of God. Our first point was not to trust in ourselves, to recognize that we're weak, we're feeble, we're nothing. But our third point is to recognize that while we might be weak, we might be feeble, we might be nothing, in God we are great. In God we are powerful. In God we are heroes. But it only comes from the grace of God. And that can be incredibly scary. Saint Mother, not Saint Mother Angelica, excuse me, maybe one day. Mother Angelica once said that faith is, actually let me, let me see if I can put on her accent. Faith, sweethearts, is having one foot on the ground and the other foot in the air with a kind of queasy feeling in your stomach. That's faith. It's a risk. It's something that, that, that's supposed to scare us. And the greatest example is faith. The greatest example of this total trust in God it actually isn't Mother Angelica. It's Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was, was part of an order of nuns. The, 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 let me learn how to talk here. The Loretto sisters who catered to the rich kids of India. These sisters had it made. And it was only by the movement of the Lord that she was so, and only by, the tr by total trust in the Lord that she decided to leave those sisters and form the missionaries of charity. To minister to the poorest of the poor. To only care about the poor and to totally trust in the grace of God. It's the reason why she was canonized so quickly. Not because she was heroic. Not because she was a, a poverty warrior and wanted to, to, you know, to stump evil but because she trusted in God. Because she had one foot on the ground, one foot in the air, and a slight queasy feeling in her stomach. And so, my dear friends, may we have that attitude. May we be like St. Thomas Aquinas, not trusting ourselves with the near occasion of sin, not trusting with ourselves with even the slightest opportunity to fall into any type of offense to the Lord. May we have a spirit of St. Maximilian Colby, indifferent to created things to the point where we're even to a degree indifferent to our own lives. And may we have that deep and total trust in the grace of God, like St. Mother Teresa, and totally give ourselves over to Him, knowing full well that in God we are great. Amen.